Harris Federation Poetry Podcast on Tissue by Imtiaz Darka. You'll need a copy of the poem, digital or paper, and a notebook and pen to record all our annotations and your ideas. Please do remember to annotate as we talk through the poem. Imtiaz Darka is an artist, poet and documentary maker who was born in Pakistan and grew up in Glasgow. This poem comes from a poetry collection she wrote in 2006 called Terrorist at My Table, which asks a lot of questions about how we live in today's uncertain world. Darker was inspired to write this particular poem by seeing her own name and date of birth written in her father's handwriting on the delicate pages at the back of her family's holy book, the Quran. This helped her feel a connection with her father that she'd never felt before. It also made her reflect on how so many important details of our existence, identity and achievements, birth records, passports, exam certificates, are kept on paper, which is so fragile and easily destroyed. Now, Tissue has a reputation for being a difficult poem, and it is certainly quite ambiguous. But the positive side of this is that we have a lot of freedom to interpret the ideas and the images in the poem and make those interpretations quite personal. The first thing I'd like us to think about is the title of the poem. What does the word tissue mean? What different meanings does it have? Well, firstly, it means a fragile type of paper, either the kind that you use to trace with or wrap a present, or the soft kind that you use to wipe away tears. And in biology, it means interconnected cells, for example, skin tissue or muscle tissue. It's helpful to keep all of these definitions in mind as we explore the poem. We could interpret this comparison of paper tissue and biological tissue as an extended metaphor for existence. The next thing I'm going to focus on before we read the poem is some key words that we need to define as I'm going to be using them to describe the mood and meaning of this poem. We'll go over their meanings now. You'll see how they're spelt in the lesson linked to this podcast. So the first key word is one I've already used, ambiguous. This means there is more than one obvious meaning. It means something that's open to interpretation. The noun to describe the state of being ambiguous is ambiguity. Another key word is transient. This adjective means the opposite of permanent. It means something that only lasts for a short time. The noun linked to this word is transience. Another key word is ephemeral. This adjective is similar in meaning to transient. Something ephemeral is something that only lasts for a very short time. It also has the connotation of something that needs to be enjoyed in the brief time that it exists. Ephemeral pleasures for example. The noun linked to this is ephemera. This usually means written or printed matter 
that is created for a specific purpose, like tickets or receipts, not made to last. You'll see the significance of this when we explore the poem. And finally, there is translucent, a word you may have come across in science. It means a substance that allows light to pass through it. What I'd like you to do now is read the poem for yourself. Pause the podcast while you do so. As you read, think about the different definitions of the word tissue that we've already discussed. Look for examples of tension between the opposing ideas of power and fragility and also look out for the recurring imagery linked to light, which gives this poem a lot of hope. Welcome back. So, what things did she describe that are fragile and what things did she describe as powerful? Did you notice the way the ideas of power and fragility are mixed up? What did you notice about the use of imagery linked to light? And what about the structure of the poem? The poem comprises nine stanzas or verses of four lines each, known as quatrains, and a final stanza of one line. There is no regular rhyme scheme, and the lines are short but varied in length. So there's an unpredictability to the structure, and therefore a sense of freedom and change, one of the things that Darker is celebrating in the poem. So the first three stanzas are centred around the discovery that inspired Darker to write the poem, finding her name written in the back of the family Quran. Paper is here being depicted as something honest, something that holds both truth and tradition. We see the introduction of the light imagery that threads throughout the poem, and we get the first hint of the comparison between paper and human existence. Like paper, experience and age may wear us thin, but also perhaps make us beautiful and able to let the light shine through us. Paper is like human life, fragile and transient. I'd also like you to notice the use of the conditional tense. This is what could alter things. We're going to see this conditional language used throughout the poem. If buildings were paper, I might feel an architect could use, and so on. This is really key, I think. This is a poem of suggestions and ideas, not a poem of rigid and conclusive answers. So, as Darker reflects on the custom of writing family events in religious books, she notes that these books carry not only religious truths, but also records and details of our individual identities, height and weight, and that these details are preserved and loved. On which sepia date? Sepia is that light brown colour associated with old photographs and paper. These pages have been loved like the people they record. Look at the soft, sensual alliteration of words like smoothed and stroked, but there are also harder sounds like turned and transparent. That this attention has also perhaps created vulnerability. Remember the tension I mentioned between power and fragility. 
So in this first section of the poem, the stanzas are linked and run into each other through the use of enjambment. But the third verse ends with a full stop. And in the next verse, there's a change, what is called a volta in poetry. We now move away from human constructs such as family and religion to physically solid and permanent structures, buildings. So now it's not just human constructs that are shown to be fragile, but she is hinting seemingly permanent structures are fragile too. And the speaker is now revealed for the first time. I might feel their drift. There seems to be a paradox here. If these powerful buildings could only reveal their vulnerability and fragility, the speaker could feel closer to them. This idea of transience, of drift, is linked by rhyme to another verb linked to change, shift. Then we move back to paper again. Maps too. This sentence is short and abrupt, ending halfway through the line, a poetic device called sejura. This draws emphasis to the light imagery that follows. The sun shines through. Remember that the borders on maps, national or regional, are man-made, as are roads and rail tracks. But other features on maps, mountain folds and rivers that she mentions, are more permanent. They're part of the natural world. Think about how much power borders have had in the past. They've caused warfare, split families apart. Think too about the power of roads and rivers, allowing goods and resources to be transported, for example. Again, there is this tension between the transient and the permanent. This focus on maps could also be seen as a record of our journeys in life, either physical or metaphorical. So the next stanza moves away from these important papers that need to be preserved because they contain religious significance and important aspects of our lives, the holy books, the birth certificates, the passports and so on, to ephemera, that word we highlighted earlier, which means printed matter not meant to last. For example, the receipts that we might find littering the bottom of our bags and pockets. But these also hold a record, for example, of the food that we've bought to sustain us. In grocery shops that she mentions, there's an interesting comparison of these credit card slips that offer perhaps a transient sense of financial freedom and paper kites, which might also represent transient freedom. So the next three stanzas seem to pull the previous ideas together an architect could use all this, all these paper records of different aspects of our lives, to create a layered structure that, importantly, is translucent. It still lets the light through. This links with the previous wish of buildings being made of paper. Bricks and blocks only create monoliths, shapes that pride can make. Now, the word monolith has two meanings. It's a solid, upright, physical structure, but it can also mean a large, impersonal and inflexible organisation. These monuments to power, either physical or political, these attempts to create permanence are what causes conflict. We could perhaps do better by valuing the things that tell the real story of our lives 
and of accepting transience by letting the daylight break through. Finally, there is a sense of hope of this architect. Are they human? Are they divine? Is another interesting question. Of this architect tracing a grand design with living tissue. Now we have a clear comparison between paper tissue and biological tissue that this extended metaphor that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Both are never meant to last, but this transience is perhaps what makes them so precious, so beautiful. To emphasise this, we have the repetition of the phrases used earlier to describe the pages of the Quran, smoothed and stroked, turned and transparent. The final line, which stands alone, addresses the reader directly, your skin. This makes it even more clear that Darka is now talking about human tissue, not just the tissue and paper used to make external things like receipts, maps, religious books and so on. She presents these things as powerful and significant, but also transient and fragile. And all of this also applies to us human beings, to humanity. We are both fragile and powerful. This tension between power and fragility, this celebration and acceptance of transience is relevant to all of us. And if the living tissue that we are made of is interconnected, well, so could we be. So, now I'd like us to consolidate the big ideas in this poem. What ideas do you have? Pause the podcast to write them down now. Welcome back. You might have mentioned the following. Power and fragility, this paradox that things that are fragile can also have strength and significance. You might have talked about the tension between transience and permanence, that we try to create things that will last, but we could instead accept and celebrate the ephemeral. You might have mentioned the idea of hope being represented by light. Also that we can resolve conflict by placing value on the things that tell us the real story of our lives. Can you find evidence of these big ideas? Pause the podcast while you collect it. Welcome back. So, for the contrast between power and fragility, you might have looked at the poet's wish that buildings could be made of paper so that she might feel their drift. Or you could have looked at the power of the love and attention that has thinned out the pages of holy books and thus also made them fragile. For the tension between transience and permanence, that instead of building shapes that pride can make, we should celebrate the structures that were never meant to last. And for the hope that is represented by light imagery, that these shapes could let in daylight and that the sun shines through the artificial national borders on maps. And for the resolution of conflict through placing value on things that tell the story of our lives, you could have found the idea of monolithic structures of brick or block being replaced by translucent layer over layer of all the paper that records significant human events. In the last part of the podcast, we will reflect on how to compare this poem to some of the others in our anthology. Pause the podcast and see if you can link any of our big ideas to other poems. So, for the big idea of permanence versus transience, 
you could compare the way that Shelley explores the transience of power, even of such formidable tyrants as Ozymandias, while Darker looks at the way that man-made structures built to be permanent are ultimately as fragile as paper. For the big idea about power and fragility, you could have looked at the way the speaker in the emigre is empowered by the memory of her city, but at the same time knows it is fragile and wants to protect it, while Darker celebrates both the strength and the fragility of humanity, and that they both actually use imagery of light to do this. Did you think of any other comparisons between the poems? Listen to more of our podcasts, and as you do so, see if you can find more patterns between the different poems. There are lots to be identified. Thank you.